you for listening to today's episode of JTCast, the official podcast of the Journal of Athletic Training. I'm your host, Luke Donovan. This month, we will discuss four articles over two short episodes from the recent special issue of the Journal of Athletic Training that pertains to NCAA epidemiology of injuries. The first episode will provide a brief overview of the NCAA injury surveillance program, as well as the epidemiology of injuries from NCAA men's football across five seasons. For the second episode, we will explore the five-year epidemiology of injuries from NCAA women's soccer and women's cross country. As a reminder, the articles discussed today can be found on the JAT website, natajournals.org. And please remember that all content from JAT is open access to all readers, thanks to the funding from the National Athletic Trainers Association. The titles of the first two articles are Methods of the National Collegiate Athletic Association Injury Surveillance Program 2014 to 2015 through 2018 to 2019, authored by Dr. Avinash Chandran and colleagues from the Daedalus Center for Sports Injury Research Prevention and IQVIA Real World Solutions. The second article is titled Epidemiology of Injuries in National Collegiate Athletic Association Men's Football, 2014 to 2015 through 2018 to 2019, authored by Dr. Avinash Chaudhran and colleagues from the Daedalus Center for Sports Injury Research Prevention and the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Within this episode, part one, I will provide a brief overview of the NCAA Injury Surveillance Program and define some key terms, while part two will discuss injury epidemiology of men's football. Let's survey the scene. The ability to quantify the prevalence and impact of injuries across sports and levels of competitions plays a crucial role for developing and refining injury prevention practices. In a more broad perspective, this information is also vital for continuing to promote and ensure accessibility to athletic trainers. Within the NCAA, an injury surveillance system was formally established in 1982 and in the present day is referred to as the NCAA Injury Surveillance Program or NCAA-ISP. The NCAA-ISP is funded by the NCAA and is maintained by an independent nonprofit research organization named the Daedalus Center for Sports Injury Research and Prevention. The ISP aims to comprehensively appraise injuries among NCAA student-athletes and captures both time-loss and non-time-loss injuries. Approximately 30% of institutions who are members of the NCAA participate in the program during the 2018 to 2019 academic year. Injury data is acquired using the common data element, which allows data to be pushed from numerous electronic medical record systems that athletic trainers use for their medical documentation. Due to this, athletic trainers do not need to duplicate injury documentation across two systems, but rather data that is used by the ISP is automatically sent from the electronic medical record systems. Example items that are reported to the ISP are athlete exposures, which include the season, the event type, such as competition versus practice, the number of athletes, and as well as information specific to injury or condition, such as the injury site, the diagnosis, the amount of time loss, the activity, mechanism, playing surface, and environmental conditions. Prior to examining injuries specific to football, let's review ISP's operational definitions of some key terms that will aid with interpreting the findings. 
An exposure was defined as any team-sanctioned athletic activity in which student-athletes were participating and therefore exposed to the risk of injury due to the participation. Individual workouts were not included. An injury was defined, and I quote, an injury that, one, occurred as a result of participation in an organized intercollegiate practice or competition, and two, required attention from an athletic trainer or physician regardless of time loss. Multiple injuries occurring from one injury event were able to be reported. A time loss injury was any injury evaluated or treated by an athletic trainer or physician in which an athlete returned the day after or beyond with respect to the date of the injury. A non-time loss injury was any injury evaluated or treated by an athletic trainer or physician in which an athlete returned to participation on the date of injury. End quote. Now that I've provided a brief overview of the NCAA ISP, let's move into the second part of this episode and discuss injury epidemiology of NCAA football. During the 2018 to 2019 season, nearly 75,000 individuals participated, a value that has grown from previous years. Across five seasons beginning in 2014 and ending in 2019, a total of 17,315 injuries occurred during the 1.8 million athlete exposures. This equates to a rate of 9.31 injuries per athlete exposures. Given that rate, the national estimate of injuries is approximately 250,000 over the five-year period. Injury rates were higher during, com during competition than practices and were also higher when comparing Division I football to Divisions II and III. Furthermore, the rate of preseason injuries was higher than the rates of regular and postseason injuries. Around 41% of all reported injuries were time loss injuries, and approximately 38% were non-time loss injuries. Time loss information was missing or unknown in approximately 21% of all reported injuries. Knee injuries at a rate of 15 0.5, shoulder injuries at 13.5, ankle injuries at 12.5, and head or face injuries at 9.2% accounted for the largest proportions of all injuries reported to, during the study period. The most commonly reported specific injuries were concussions, lateral ankle sprains, and partial or complete hamstring strains. Around 50% of all reported injuries were attributable to player contact. Most reported injuries were classified as sprains at 28.5% and strains at 18.7%. General play, blocking, and tackling was when most football injuries occurred. From a position perspective, defensive backs, offensive and defensive linemen made up the largest portion of all football athletes. In general, the results of this study were somewhat consistent with previous findings from earlier NCAA ISP reporting periods, although some changes in injury frequency were noted within the five-year period. These changes may be attributed to some notable rule changes during this period pertaining to tackling and blocking. Findings of this study should be used to continue to develop injury prevention programs, implementation guidelines, and inform future rule changes. For example, implementing injury prevention programs prior to preseason training may have a substantial impact on injury incidents, considering that the highest rates of injuries are during preseason.
Going forward, it is important to continuously track injury incidents and to determine the efficacy of prevention programs and recent rule changes. Well, that's it for today's JTCast. Please remember to rate and subscribe to the podcast, which is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Stitcher. You can find out more information about upcoming podcasts and other JT events on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts at JT underscore NATA. Thank you for listening and keep a lookout for our next episode of the month.